All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Prescribing Truth. I'm Jamal Bandy. Um, I hope your day is going well. My days went good. Um, if you're listening to this on YouTube, please remember to subscribe if you haven't already. I greatly appreciate it. If you listen to us on your podcast apps, we are available on iTunes, Stitch Radio, and Google Play. Please remember to leave a rating and a review. That really helps us out a lot. Um, if you'd like to support the show financially, you can do so by partnering with me on Patreon. For only a dollar and up, depending on you, whatever your heart desires, the uh, the link is scrolling across the bottom here. It's also in the description as well. I really appreciate it. If not, I appreciate your prayers. You can contact me also by emailing me at prescribed.truth at gmail.com or calling in at 801-980-6333. And so uh, tonight we're going to review an interview, um, uh, interview done by Jude 3. Jude 3 pro, uh, pro, Project, and they're interviewing Dr. Eric Mason. Um, as you know, if you've been following the channel at all, um, I've been doing a couple of reviews on some points that were made in his book, Woke Church. And um, this, to me, seems to be um, the top of that, like what we're doing tonight. So we're going to review an interview um, that he did. I feel like this right here will be the last thing I do concerning this book on the channel. I'm still going to finish reading it. Um, but far as reviewing it i feel like i'm gonna keep repeating myself and saying the same thing over and over again um i don't want to do that and so it's probably be it you know unless as i'm reading it i find something more significant um there have been people there have been plenty of people who's done reviews in the book chapter by chapter and so on and everything like that and pretty good reviews so i mean uh if you are looking for a critical uh look at the book you know that's being honest with what is being said there's some good ones out there. You should check them out. And so, yeah, that's, that's it. Uh, feel free to leave comments. For those of you who are watching live, feel free to leave comments and everything. I'll be checking them uh, back and forth as we go throughout the show. This uh, interview is 30 minutes long. I am not, and I repeat, I am not going to review this whole video tonight. No. Um, I'm going to do the first eight minutes. It's 30 minutes long. We'll do the first eight minutes. And come back next week and do another set and so on and so forth until we finish it. That's that's the plan. All right. So yeah. With that being said, let's um jump into it. Like I said, feel free to comment. Even if you disagree, if you if you're on his side of things and you you know disagree with me, that's fine. You leave your comments, whatnot. We can address it at the end and, and everything like that. Who? Who? All right. So yeah, here we go. All right. So now I have the video at the bottom here. Um, on the side, there's a space for chats to show up. In case I can't look at it on the screen, on the side of me, I see it here. So that's what that space over there is for. Um, we're going to see how that works out. All right, now, of course, as we're going to play a little bit, and I'm going to stop here and make comments. Um, as you know, this is covered under fair use. This is me giving a critical look at this. This is me, by no means, trying to copy on what they're doing. I have to say that. Because, you know, people say, you know, you're trying to copyright this stuff by having a feature. My videos aren't monetized, so I don't make any money off of them. So, yeah, that's it. All right. Now, we're at the point that I'm starting at, just to be honest, uh, there's, a, there's like a short intro. So it's like a minute. I'm already a minute in because there's an intro, then it goes into the title sequence, and then it goes into the actual interview. So I skipped all that because I don't want to have a trademark saying and everything like that. So we're starting it right after that. So let us know it's hosted by Lisa Fields on June 3, and then they go into the um, interview. All right. 
Well, thank you for watching another episode of the Jew3 Project Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Lisa Fields, the founder of the Jew3 Project. And today, I'm joined by a very special guest who's no stranger to the Jew3 Project, um, Dr. Eric Mason. Welcome, Dr. Mason. Hey, Lisa. How you doing? Glad to be on here. Good to have you. I'm excited to have you back. You've done several uh, Jude 3 podcasts before. Um, so uh, good to have you back. For those who don't know you, um, give them just a little bit of background. Yeah. Okay. When I'm playing all this, if you're having trouble listening to it at all, just let me know. And I can try to fix it real quick. But other than that, I'm going to keep it playing. What's going on, Nathan? How you doing, man? I'm glad you're able to um, come in. Eric Mason, husband of one wife, four kids, um, pastor uh, Epiphany Fellowship in Philadelphia, and uh, and or, run an organization called Thriving. We and uh, our church we planted like thirty three churches. Epiphany Fellowship has over the last six years across the world, all the way from Malawi, Africa to South Central LA. So God has been good. And author of four books. One just came out, Woke Church. So excited to talk about that. All right, real quick. Just want to, once again, I said this in other videos too, and I want to say this again. Man, I have respect for Dr. Mason. I do. I have one of his other books, Manhood Restored. Good book. I mean, it's super helpful. I mean, super encouraging. I mean, it just really is. You know, I just don't know. You know, and, it's, and he's admitted this in other interviews how it's something that he's been dealing with for a long time, how he's been feeling and everything else. So I get that. But this is one of the areas where it's kind of like the line is drawn. It's like, oh, man, lots of it's problematic. I still believe he's a Christian brother. You know, I just think he's an error in some of the things that he says in his book and what you're going to hear throughout this interview. I want to say that his ministry has done a lot, you know, church plant and everything. Just, you know, good. <sighs> I just want to get that out. I want you to think nobody think I'm trying to bash him or anything like that or tear down him or anything like that. No, it's not that at all. I just have problems with the ideology behind woke church. All right. Yes. And um, so before, I guess we could really just dive into the new book. Uh, what inspired you to write it? Y'all. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really, I, I, to be honest, I didn't necessarily have a vision to write a book about race. I mean, of course I have, I had some other books in line that I wanted to write. And so as things started happening, starting in 2012, everything with, you know, from Trayvon Martin to all the way to 2014, the other issue that happened with Eric Garner, um, Tamir Rice, and Sandra Bland, and then the divisiveness that you felt from a group of Christians who happened to be white and a few, a very, very few African-Americans who tried to act like race isn't an issue anymore and those type of things. So I ended up doing a... Um... Real quick. So... Uh, this will be the first point we're going to make here. So now, when it comes to a lot of these issues dealing with police officers and the shootings and everything else, um, a conversation I had with a brother uh, not too long ago, every, every instance has to be taken as an individual circumstance, something that happened. You know, uh, every police shooting isn't where it's an injustice. Not all the time. But in order to get to that, you have to look at the facts. You have to look at what happened, everything else. You have to look at all those things. And, you know, some of those things are not justified and some things are. I mean, you, but you have to look at the details. So it's not the divisiveness wasn't from people saying that there's not a problem with racism. 
the issue or the divisiveness started with a disagreement of what was unjust or just. And you know, that, that would cause for people to actually sit down and have a conversation concerning justice, what it looks like, what it is concerning the scriptures and everything else, especially Christians appealing to the scriptures. And so that's where the divisiveness began. You know, um, like, because nobody would disagree that if it was actually an innocent shooting, that it would be, oh, no, let's not talk about that. Like, no, we just always the disagree. The disagreement is what is considered just and unjust, you know, and that means we have to actually comb through stuff. And some people on Eric Mason's side of this feel like that time shouldn't be taken. I mean, you got a police officer, you got a black man, black man gets shot. That should be the end of the story. No, no need of looking at context. Only looking at what actually took place and all that kind of stuff. Got one, and got the other. No brainer. And that's just not the case. And as a Christian, that's not how we should want to handle things. As a Christian, we love truth. We love truth. The Bible tells us not to give into conspiracy theories. We look at what the truth is because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And the devil is the father of lies. So we don't want to believe the lie. We want to know what the truth is. You know, and even in the scriptures, everything has, especially when accusations are brought against somebody, it's on account of two or three witnesses. You see, so even out of one thing, you got to look at the evidence. You know, that's even in God's law. So that's that. So though it's not the case of people saying that, oh, racism, you know, isn't an issue. Like, no, people agree that people are still racist. Some people are still racist. People still do racist things. But the disagreement in that is we don't believe that it's as big as of a deal as what they're making it. Yes, does it happen? Yeah. Yes, it happens. We are living in a fallen world. Every sin known to man happens in this world. It happens. Of course it exists. Of course. Of course there's pain tied to it, especially in America. Of course. But in today's society, the disagreement lies or is it as big as an issue was? 50, 60 years ago. That's where the disagreement lies in. And then the other disagreement is how we go about this. How do we, how we bring an answer to this? And we disagreed on those things as well. And that's where it comes in at. Kind of going ahead of myself, but I'm going to throw that in there. All right, so here we go. For my people, not even for no internet, but for my people, I did a, a series called Woke Church. And, and, and loved, I love the idea of the word woke because it's such a biblical term. Because we, the Bible talks about awake, sleep, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. I, I mean, it just doesn't get any more woke than Christ awakening you. No. I would say there ain't no such thing as being woke outside of Christ awakening you. The Bible says we're dead. Not half sleep, not slumbering, not any of that kind of stuff. The Bible says we're dead in our sins. You're not woke at all. So, no. So, he says woke is a biblical term and using Ephesians as the proof text. I've done a video on this. And it's not consistent with what he's trying to say here. Probably what the scripture's talking about. And the scripture's talking about you're being awoke in Christ. Like you're awakened from deadness. Deadness and sin. Not being awoke to black consciousness or dignity and all that stuff like that. No. Awakened from your deadness of your sinful passions and desires. And your idolatry. And being alive in Christ. That's what the scripture is speaking about. So no, the woke in this sense of what he's drawn from the culture, not a biblical term. Not. Not even a biblical concept. And we're gonna to get to that later. You know, 
You can't even make draw the, draw the attention. If you try to make a connection between that, then you have to admit that that's what we already know from scripture, that only Christians are the only ones who are truly woke. And that's all of us. That means your white brothers and sisters as well, even if they don't agree with you concerning these social issues. You know, I mean, that's what the Bible says. Go on. And so I, I basically did a series on the fact that Christians should be the wokest people on the planet. Uh, because he awakens us to the reality of everything that's right and true and just through the power of the gospel. So to me, it was it was an easy deal. After I did the, the um, series, people at my church were like, Pastor, you really need to do a book on this. And I was like, really? And so we ended up, I was doing things with Thrive, and as you know, we were doing video series, and we ended up picking up the Urban Apologetics, listening to you and, you, and what you're doing, and Listen to Jerome and different people who are engaging these issues in varying forms. I said maybe we can we can use a book, and I didn't realize when I started writing, I had so much that I'd loaded up with uh, that I was ready to write, and so that's sort of how the book came about. So tell us the difference between how how your woke differs from the woke you you talked about it a little bit, but the woke that the culture kind of talks about. All right, I want y'all to listen. Just listen. I mean, I did a video dealing with as he really redeemed the word woke. I did a video on it. You can check it out. It's there. I want you to listen to what he says. And I'm going to read you what he says from the book. Fair enough? I think that's fair. Oh, okay, let's go. <laughs> yeah, I received a teeny bit of pushback from a few marginalized Christian thought, rather, not the people themselves, but their thought. Just on the, having a problem with the word woke. I, I mean, I think we redeem words all the time. We redeem concepts. Even like, you know, churches at corporate, but they a bunch of churches read the book Good to Great, and they use the hedgehog principle from the book. Like, and the Bible doesn't have hedgehog principle in it. That's a purely corporate term, you know. Um, but they redeem the principle to say, hey, hedgehog principle is what the what is the core thing that you're about producing. And I can say we can, of course, you can redeem that, right? So I think woke, one of the things that, you know, for me, the word woke um, just really means for us being comprehensively aware with Christ, uh, 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 Christ-centered eyes that has anthropological, sociological, political, economic, and ethnic awareness. I mean, in, in order to... Okay. Ooh. Okay, so that is what it means to be woke. Now, keep in mind, Christians should be the wokest people around you know um let's look at this for a second and i made an argument that he didn't redeem the word woke and see what he did was he took the term woke kept it kept the meaning of it and just added christ to it basically you just you sprinkle christ on it in his book he says that being woke like you got to have three aspects of consciousness the third one is the one he added the concept of the double consciousness came from W.E.B. Du Bois. And so he said, hey, well, I want to add a third one, Christ consciousness. So really, a Christian is only one third woke if they don't have the other two parts, which the Christian is supposed to be the wokest. So other two parts, the double consciousness, is really the foundation of it. So no, they ain't remember redeemed. You just put Christ on it. You just like sprinkle, you sprinkle sugar on crap that's what it is the concept is atheistic 
in its, in its, in its origin. Even the double consciousness he pulls for him. And I'm, I'm going to read that when we get to it. But let's look at this. What he said concerning woke. This is in his book, once again, page 27. And he says, being truly woke is rooted in Christ's consciousness. This is the anchor. So this is the third one he added to. That's the anchor. This is the common ground. At our core, without being conscious in Christ, our souls are still in bondage and can only see things from the natural fleshly appearance. Our Christ consciousness gives the double consciousness depth and character. Our Christ consciousness elevates our awareness to our responsibility to care for and love our brothers, even those who don't look like us. Keep in mind, Christ consciousness just it basically enhances. It ain't the foundation. It enhances. Right, it gives depth. It gives character. You know, but, but it's not the foundation. The double consciousness is the foundation. He says, however... If one is regenerated by the gospel, yet unaware of the double consciousness of African-Americans and other ethnic minorities in America, one's clarity on justice and race issues will be clouded and even absent. Therefore, to be fully woke, one needs to have all three aspects of consciousness. That's not redeeming it. That's adding to it. That's not redeeming. So... That's the point I want to make there. Now, if you, if you look back, as he's talking about um, double consciousness and all this stuff, this is the root of that. W.E.B. Du Bois, and I, I said we'll talk about this later, but might as well not have gotten there. He basically lays out black men. This ain't about other ethnic, ethnicities. It's about simply black people. They have two consciousness. The consciousness that basically has their dignity and their worth and who they are. And that other consciousness that's basically assimilated to white culture. And there's a battle between the two. So there's a struggle in this, in this black person. All right. Not Hispanics, not Asians, not anyone else. Only blacks have this issue. So he, the fact that he throws in other ethnicities, he's just adding to it. That's not the case. It's his whole, this whole foundation is coming just dealing with black people. Black people are the only ones who have this issue. Double consciousness. But, uh, but other ethnicities should be aware of the double consciousness of black people. That's what the thing is. You should be aware of the fact that they're basically struggling within themselves about who to be. Am I should be a black person or should I be a white person? Like, you know, who should I be? Like, no. You know, so no, he's not, he didn't redeem the word. He added to it. All right. But my thing is, the scripture that says a wake old sleeper, that concept of woke is just fine. What else we need to add to it? The concept of being awakened in Christ is just fine by itself. No need of anything else. But, no, and not only have you awakened from the deadness of your sin, but you have to be aware of your ethnicity and all that kind of stuff like that. I think you're already aware of those things. You should be already aware of those things already. But your identity is found in Christ. Anyway. Let's, let's continue. I hope you're following along with this, and I hope you find it helpful so far. Um, I'm trying not to go back into stuff I've already covered before, but it's kind of hard given what's being said. To do contextualization, you have to know what's going on in the world, yet you have to know biblically what the Bible says about it and what it does, is what the Bible can do to answer that particular thing. So for me... Now, here, that's the key. 
I mean, I agree with that. Like, you got to know, you know what's going on, but you got to look to the scriptures to see what can be done about the things and what is to be done and what's going to be done. We got to look to the scriptures. The issue is, his definition of justice is not in the scriptures. Not in the justice he's talking about in the woke church. That's not in the scriptures. That's adding to. You know, I mean, it's not. And we'll get on through. If you don't believe me now, you're like, man, Jamal, you just being hard. You just want to say stuff. You just want to hear yourself talk. Okay, that's fine. Just bear with me through the rest of this. You know, take, just bear with me through the next couple of weeks as we deal with this. And you'll see what I'm talking about. Not, it's not there. You know who? When it comes to being woke, it's not, it's not some, you know, some, some ethnocentric sort of uh, revolutionary ideology that I'm utilizing. It is revolutionary, but revolutionary ideology that's centered on ethnic-centered ideologies like a um, black nationalism, if you will. That's not, that's not what it is. Um, woke actually didn't even start with black nationalism. It started with pan-Africanism. Um, it started uh, with the father, with W.E.B. Du Bois' father in the uh, father in the faith, um, Alexander Crummel. Forgot the other brother's name. They they were Christian uh, Christians who actually started. Now wait a minute, wait a minute. Now I don't know where he's drawing a line here as far as between W.E.B. Du Bois and Alexander Cromwell, but W.E.B. W. Du Bois was not a Christian. He he admitted he he didn't he want to be no part of the church, and then some people would say even his own words because of the racism that was existing. But during that time of W. B. Du Bois, there were predominantly black churches that followed the scriptures. He could have been a part of those churches. He could have seen that these people are following the scriptures. I want that Jesus. Is this true Jesus who's not who's not um showing partiality because of race and everything like that? You know, like no, like there were churches that existed during that time. You're not gonna fool nobody as thinking that all through the United States, all the churches were horrible. Like, no. There were churches in his city that he could have gone to. But he chose not to. He said, I don't want that God. He said that. That was his words. He was not a Christian. No, not Alexander Cromwell. I ain't researched him. He may be. If you know, you can comment and let me know. Maybe he was a Christian. Maybe he wasn't. But to say they, like, no. W.E.B., especially, not Christian. So that's why when he quotes from him in his book, especially because I'm the double consciousness, the double consciousness idea comes from W.E.B. So I'm like, for you to pull this foundational concept from an atheistic perspective, they didn't want to put Christ on top of it. No, that's not how God works. Like God destroys the wisdom of the world and his own, his wisdom stands. His truth stands. So that's that. Like, no, not a Christian. All right. Pan-Africanism as a way to engage the, the African diaspora with the gospel. And so from there, W.E.B. Du Bois. And with the gospel, I don't know. Which one was trying to trying to reach him with the gospel? And not no, it wasn't about that. They was trying to reach. They were trying to reach the diaspora and trying to show them how dignified they are, how how strong they are as people. Like, hey, we're all from the same continent. We should be able to communicate. We should be able to be unified. That's what it was about. They wasn't trying to get to them about the strip, about the gospel. They wasn't. 
that's not the truth of that. You know, now it may be the case with some. I'm not gonna say for all. I'll, I'll be fair, and I say maybe it was a couple, maybe it was a few who try, who tried that route, and I would like to know who. I would like to know who actually actually reaching them with the gospel and the start of the pan Africanism and all that kind of stuff like that. I would like to see that. But the root of this, how it started, and everything else, was dealing with just reaching people who came from Africa who have that descent and getting us to unify and come together and all those things to come against racial injustice, which in that time was existent. So, all right. Wrote about Cromo and souls of black folk, and in souls of black folk, he talks about double consciousness, which is a sociological theory that I believe can connect with Romans chapter one in relation to general revelation. There are things that you can learn and know to do right and wrong by being born in the image of God that you can do that you can, I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to be saved to know, uh, to, to, um, to raise your children, right. You don't have to be saved, you know, to, to know, to go vote. You don't have to be, you know, wait a minute. So I love how he builds his premise. That's what I, and that's what I always loved about even dealing with the book and everything else. He has a strong way of building his premise. If you don't catch it, if you don't listen closely, you'll miss it. And I'm not saying he's doing anything on purpose to be deceitful in that. This is how he feels. This is honestly how he feels. And this is how he sees things. But he's not being deceptive or any of that kind of stuff. This is how he truly feels. His, his heart is strong. His passion is strong for this, what he's talking about. And so he brings up W.E.B. -E I always get tied up with that. W.E.B. The boy. And then he brings up double consciousness and kind of speech through it like oh it's a sociological concept a b and c like let's let's wait a minute this is the excerpt from his book from woke church quoting web concerning double consciousness i want to read this to you he says the negro this is a quote from web the negro not mexican not asians the negro is a sort of seventh son born with a veil and gifted with second sight in this American world, a world which yields him no true self-consciousness, but only lets him see himself through the revelation of the other world. It is a peculiar sensation, this double consciousness, this sense of always looking at one's um, self through the eyes of others, of measuring one's soul by the tape of a world that looks on in amused contempt and pity. One ever feels his twoness, the Negro. He ever he he one ever feels his twoness. He has a twoness about himself. An American, a Negro. That's a twoness. Two souls, two thoughts, two unreconciled strivings. Now, I understand. I'm not going to be super technical. Like, what? Two souls? We man has one, has one soul. I know what he's meaning by that. I'm not going to do him like that. Two souls. So this is basically passions. Just striving with one another. Just don't know where to, where to go, where to turn. Two thoughts. I have, I have this, this American thought and this Negro thought. Two warring ideals in one dark body. Whose dog strength alone keeps it from being torn asunder. The history of the American Negro is the history of this strife, this longing to attain self-conscious manhood, to merge his double self into a better and truer self. 
I'm sorry. Where in the world do you find Christ in any of that? Like, no. Whoever we were, the old man dies, and there's a new man. Not, not a new man who's still worn with himself. Like, no. Not, not in this way, no. We, our, our identity is in Christ. This is a person who struggles like this because they don't know that they were made in the Imago Day, and that they were made with purpose. They don't understand it. They don't know that because they're thinking their whole life is sitting around whether somebody thinks something about them and the fact that I got I to gotta be tied to my roots. And no, it's tied to Christ. And that's the only thing that's going to matter in the end. That's all that's going to matter in the end. So, yeah, this right here, this is double consciousness. That's, that's where he gets this from. All right? Now, you, there I know some people who say, well, I struggle with that. I, don't, I struggle with trying to be an American and a Negro. Like, where do you struggle with that at? Like, where? Like, okay, so you wake up in the morning and you say, okay, I'm going to be a Negro today. I'm going to be a Negro. I'm going to do everything Negro. And then sometime today you say, no, I'm not going to do the Negro thing. I'm going to do the American thing. Like, no, come on, y'all. No, that's not the case. Now, back then, of course, they try to find out, they try to be accepted in this society. Yeah. If you heard that, uh, that's Josiah getting, getting in trouble. I'm probably going to save her in a little bit. But yeah, like that's that's the case, you know. Anyway, that kind of that threw me off. But Nathan says, but it's not just African-Americans who need a woke church. All people need, need it. Even the cursory history sketched above reveals that we are tied together in a single garment of destiny, as Dr. King put it. Are tied together in a single garment of this. Okay, try to, you create yourself. Ooh. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, this is this is this is a mess. All right, we only got a two well a minute, a little over a minute left in this. All right, so I appreciate you sticking with me this long. I'm hoping this has been helpful for you so far. Uh, yeah. So that was W E D B talking about his consciousness. Um. Completely not a Christian idea. Let's, let's go on. You don't have to be saved to say, man, I need to go to work. That's just, that's human. That's general revelation stuff. But we, we want to use general revelation to point to God. So we're saying, yeah, woke is a good word, but by itself, it's it's not good. So we need to point in general revelation to, to the one who it's actually pointing to, which is the living God, which you got that from God actually through you being born in the image of God, letting you know that justice is a reality whether you're saved or not. But we up Wait a minute. So, justice is reality whether you're saved or not. It is. Because we're made in Mongo Day. I mean, we're all born with this sense of justice because we're made in God's image. Uh, we all break God's law. But we all commit injustice against God. Um, but yeah, we do have that concept. Once again, the only disagreement that you'll find that that causes the division is what is considered just and what is considered unjust. Not that justice is important. Not that justice matters. Not that should you even strive for justice. None of that. What is considered an injustice and what is considered justice. That's what that's what the thing is. 
So I'm repeating that again. All right, just a few more seconds. In one second, y'all. All right. Upgraded and say Christ is the one who will bring ultimate justice in the Exodon, but until then and already not yet, we can now play a role in developing and being a godly witness by loving God, but then also loving our neighbor and challenging the structures and governments uh, and systems uh, to reflect God's ends. And that's the same thing they do with abortion. That's the same thing, you know, they do with so many other sex trafficking. Uh, you know, the I, I feel like the woke word pulls for particularly white people, some white people, not all, but the ones who give pushback with the word woke, it's, it's all rooted in white fragility. You know, um, when you break down. Okay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I want to back up a little bit. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, we need to back up a little bit. I want to, we need to hear this again. All right. Now we're about at the end. I just want to play this again. Bring this down. Yeah, I can see. <clears throat> yeah, I want to, y'all got to hear this again, y'all. Yeah, woke is a good word, but by itself, it's it's not good. So we need to point in general revelation to, to the one who it's actually pointing to, which is the living God, which you got that from God actually through you being born in the image of God, letting you know that justice is a reality, whether you're saved or not. But we upgrade it and say Christ is the one who will bring ultimate justice in the exodus. But until then and already not yet, we can now play a role in developing and being a godly witness by loving God, but then also loving our neighbor and challenging the structures and governments uh, and systems uh, to reflect God's ends. And that's the same thing they do with abortion. That's the same. Wait, I hope you listen to this. So likening the issue on social justice with the issue of abortion. Once again. It's because there's a disagreement of what is considered just and unjust. The murdering. This is this isn't this isn't a big thing. Like I mean, like this isn't hard here. Murder of innocent living children. Murder. God's law, thou shalt not kill. Murdering of innocent children. The world trying to say that these children are just a clump of cells that these children are not living or consider having a personhood until they exit the womb the culture says this there is a law roe v wade there was a law through a structure and government passed to continue the murdering of children. This is not the same thing. If this was 60 years ago, it would be the same thing. Why? Because there was laws in place through the government that allowed the beating and lashing of black people and whites who tried to teach blacks to read. And blacks who tried to learn to read. There were laws in place that kept blacks from voting. 
There were laws in place that considered blacks not to be human. This is what it was. This wasn't just an idea. This wasn't just somebody uh, making stuff up during that time. It was actual laws in place. People going to court, men going to jail because they looked at a woman that's white. Not, not because, you know, they tried to rape her or any kind of stuff, but just for looking at her. They had the men having to walk with their head down because it was against the law to look at a white woman. You, you, come on now. There was a law in place that did that. Slavery, American slavery, the law was in place that it was okay until it was ruled out. It was okay to enslave black men and also to beat them if necessary. And then some of them, even if they did it unnecessarily, it was okay because they were considered property, not people. So you have laws in place with this, y'all. Not as today, where I can look at a white woman and don't have to worry about getting my head bashed in. I can walk down the street with my head up high and my chest out. I can do that. I can do that, y'all. I can read. Somebody can teach me to read. A white, when, I was in, when I was in elementary school, a white woman taught me how to read. And, no, and nobody had to chase her down and beat her for doing so. Now, come on, y'all not the same it's not the same what we're dealing with here abortion there's a law in place that it's okay to kill babies you have Planned Parenthood getting like tons of money to do this and it's okay until litigation happens it's gonna be ruled okay in certain in some states they're saying they're, they're ruling out abortion they're saying it's not okay they're you know gonna find people throw people in jail all that kind of stuff but see there's, there's, these are laws that have to be changed. This is a system. This is this is a systemic issue. Abortion is a systemic issue. What you're talking about concerning racial injustice isn't. It isn't. Anyway, it, it just gets me because come on, man, these babies are being killed. You'll say, well, like they do abortion. These, are, no, no, it's not the same thing. He gonna bring up sex trafficking. Hello, rape of women. Don't we see that in the law somewhere that that's not good? That that's against the law of God? You know? But a person deciding, which is going to mention later on in the video, a person deciding whether to give you a loan or not is not breaking God's law. It's not. Now, a person showing partiality is breaking the God's law. But what is the government going to do about that? Nothing. I can't do nothing about that. Anyway, that's my rant. I, I knew I was going to go on a tangent eventually in this video, and there it happened. All right. Here we go. Finishing it up. Thing, you know, they do with so many others. The sex trafficking. Uh, you know, the I, I feel like the woke word pulls for particularly white people, some white people, not all, but the ones who give pushback with the word woke, it's it's all rooted in white fragility. You know, um, when that's racist. That's racist, y'all. He didn't say, now notice he said not all people, not all white people, but some white people. But all of the people who do have pushback concerning it, even though it's not all white people, but all of the ones who do, it's all rooted in white fragility. 
not because they have any logical understanding or anything concerning what's going on, not because they actually have a, a logical argument or any of that. It's all rooted in white fragility. So you're not even going to be heard. And that's racist, man. White fragility. So a person is going to give pushback concerning your concept of how you think about what woke is and what that means. But any pushback that's given is automatically just thrown in the trash in the, in the um, bin that says white fragility. You know, you can just you can just hang it up. But what about the black people who have a problem with it? I mean, I'm not the only black guy who's doing this and feeling there's an issue. I'm not the only minority who finds an issue with your concept. Is that white fragility? No. Some people are going to call that Uncle Tom. That's what some people going to call it. I don't see how. You know, I just want to stick with what the truth is. What's the truth? So, yeah. No, that's, that's racist, man. Racist. You know? And I know he struggles with that. He, he admitted that he struggles with it sometimes. He gets so frustrated with stuff. He struggles with racism in itself. Bill, that's an example of it. Um, yeah. That's, that's wrong, man. Um, so, yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, he's going to give his reason. I don't want to stop him at that. I want to let him defend why he says white fragility. Then we're in the video. You break down when you, when you really wade through things. Because there are other justice things that you're cool with that you'll even say is an implication of the gospel. But as soon as I say racial injustice, now that's not, no, nah, there's no such thing as racial. And, and I'm like, what are you talking about? And so, all right. So that's where we're stopping there. So, <laughs> so you, it's white fragility because you stand for, you stand for abortion against abortion and you'll stand against sex trafficking. But as soon as he bring up racial injustice, the first thing you say is, well, oh, race, race is not even real. And like, he's like, what does that mean? So, race is a, a Darwinian concept, atheistic concept. Race, concept of race. I know we use the term because it's common in our culture. It's cool. But to be, be straight, and if a Christian says race isn't real or a real term, like far as race, not racism, but doing with race, that's not a real concept. It's not. It was created by man. In God's way of seeing the world and how he designed it, there's only one race, the human race. That's it. We produce after our kind. The fact that we know that we're the same race, guess what? We can reproduce together. Whites can reproduce with blacks. Asians can produce with Mexicans and so on and so forth. Like, you do that. Because we're all of one kind. <sighs> yeah. So, um, yeah, that was an, that's an atheistic concept. And honestly, if you look at it, it was done to make blacks be insufer I mean, in inferior. I often say insuperior. Inferior. You know, because the thing is, they believe Caucasians were superior and everything else was less. Blacks being at the bottom. So that's what it was. And so that's how they separated everybody. They did. You know, even the fact, like, Caucasian. That comes from a, a scientific word, Caucasoid. Blacks. Negro. Actually, the short for Negroid. That scientific term. You got the, um, what is it? I want to say Mangloid. I may pronounce that wrong, but anyway, it was three. It was three types, and, and you fit in one of those three types. 
either a Negroid, a Caucasoid, a Mongoloid, something like Mongoloid, something like that. So that was it. That was all trying to break about break people up in racial, you know, areas, put you in that box, and Caucasoid being the top. Anyway, that's that. So um, yeah, you know how how is that? How is that good? How is this a good thing concerning the book? Making woke actually something that good that Christians should grasp and hold on to? No. No. When you bring a racial injustice, the pushback you get, it's not from white fragility. It's people wanting to know, where's the injustice? Like, where? And you say, well, look how many police killings there been. Yeah. You can look online and you can pull up police killings in 2018 you're going to see more white people being killed by police than blacks that doesn't matter it doesn't because you have to look at each individual instance some of them were justified and you may find some that are questionable you look at the blacks same thing with them but you have to look at individual instances and you say well and i'll level with you guys one unjust killing is wrong one unjust killing is bad it should be dealt with but when you make it as if it's a, a systemic issue versus an individual issue, that's where the problem lies. And we don't agree. If you have racist cops who do those things, those racist cops should be dealt with. All right. Not because they're a cop and they just happen to be in a situation where it caused the life, where it cost the life of a black individual for whatever reason it was. That's where we don't agree. That's where the division lies. So no, you bring up racial injustice. It ain't because of that. It's because we're trying to say, okay, where's the injustice? Let's look at the facts. All right? And the stats, guys. I mean, come on now. If you're looking at stats, stats don't agree. Stats don't agree. It's not a systemic issue. It's not. You know? So, that's that, y'all. Here, prescribed truth. We try to stick with what the truth is. You know? Not trying to go off on emotions. Try my best not to. Um, in some areas, I could be wrong. And I'm willing to talk about them. But that's the thing. That's why the conversation should continue because they need to be talked about. But when you have people like this who says, hey, if you give me pushback, you just because it's just because of white fragility, you know, and you ain't, you ain't woke enough. Then there's no way to have the conversation. No way to have a conversation. Anyway, that's part one. Um, hopefully next week, we'll Lord willing, we'll come back and we'll do the next eight minutes or so of the video and I hope it was helpful for you. Remember um, to like, share, and subscribe. And also, if you find this con content helpful, please consider uh, supporting us on Patreon if if you feel led to. Um, other than that, I'm trying to see what else I'm going to throw in there. Oh, yeah. Thank you for those who joined me live. Um, I'm continuing to try to do the live streams. They're working out pretty good. Anyway, remember, this world is full of errors. The only thing the doctor prescribes is truth. Blessings. Prescribed truth, we giving you what the doctor ordered. Jamal Bandy, apologist, the Lord's servant. We undeserve it, but Christ changed our mind frame. In a world full of errors, the only thing the doctor prescribes is truth. <laughs>